Welcome into another edition of the Varsity Podcast. Justin Barney, Sponge Franklin. We're talking to you, sorting through the carnage of a brutal state semifinal week. Sponge, not what we expected whatsoever. It was a bad week for our area teams in those state semifinals. Did not see that one coming at all. No semifinal survivors for our local Florida teams. Only one from our Georgia region where County is moving on to a title game. Sponge, what happened? Yeah. Bad dream. We uh, we, we were hoping to be talking a little state championship uh, today and, you know, looking forward to a, a breakdown of what a team could do in a state championship game. We were hoping that maybe one or two we had kind of thought could do it. We knew we knew a couple of them would be tough, and uh, they all came out on the losing end, man. It was rough. Man, a rough, rough week. And the first time since 2000, Y2K, Sponge. Dang. The first time since 2000 that we will not no have contender. a team no from Florida playing for a state championship. Now, there have been years where there was not a winning team from our area in the state championship game. At least, at least, game, we, but at least yeah. we were represented exactly. uh, in that last man standing match. And it was a bloodbath for our area teams. And let's recap uh, what we saw last week in Class 2M. American Heritage 21, Bulls 14. Good showing by the Bulldogs. Class 1M. Clearwater Central Catholic, 34. University Christian, 29. Into the Suburban now. Lake Wales, 37. Columbia, 7. And 2S, Coco, 31. Bradford, 21. And in the Rural Division, Northview puts it on Union County, 21-11. And just like that, Sponge, we're talking offseason right now. Off Unbelievable off performance. Yeah, totally. Like, we we kind of pegged that we figured that, that two-end matchup with Plantation – and Bowles would be a tough one for Bowles. They, they they banged with them for a little while. It was twenty one nothing. You know, American Heritage kind of got control of the game early, um, but Bowles, you know, at least showed up, showed they, a little value and effort, got back in the game and made it somewhat of a a game for Plantation to get a little nervous. Yeah, twenty one zero in the fourth yeah, quarter. Yeah, twenty one nothing. You know, they jumped out. I think it was like fourteen nothing pretty quick, and then it was kind of a little bit of a stalemate. Mm-hmm. Like Bowles, they took the philosophy of Toblin said, you know what, we're going to try to milk this sucker, and they. Slowed the game down big time. They they took as much time off the clock. They ran way more plays, but just didn't have you know the production. Mm-hmm. And American Heritage, like like we said, they've got those big play guys. They, they did a pretty good job. I think Ennis had over 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Fletcher really didn't go off on the ground on them. And you know they scored the two late touchdowns to make it a bit of a ball game. And they with, had a with chance the, with the backup quarterback yeah. too. So Ethan Drum played yeah. for DJ Moore. DJ yes. Moore. Uh, did not play in that game. It was not injury-related. Uh, DJ Moore held out of that game uh, for, for certain reasons, and Ethan Drum actually played well yeah. in his place. And remember, he got a lot of playing time during DJ's injury absence earlier this season. So Ethan Drum, a little bit of name to watch. Had yeah. a good showing against yeah, American Heritage. I did not think that game was going to be a blowout. I thought Bulls would keep it close. They did just that. Had a chance to actually tie or go ahead in that fourth quarter. Had two chances after they got within 21-14. So, Good one for Matt Toblin and company, but they can't get over that state semifinal hump for the second consecutive year, so we'll see if they can do it next year. The big disappointment in town to me was Clearwater Central 34, UC 29. I thought, no way UC loses this game at home after a huge Trinity Christian win. Hadn't beat the Conquerors since 91 and 92, and they won state championships in the both of those years, and this one just did not feel right yeah. for UC. Well, like, like we, both, we both, this was our both predictor that, they would be the at least if we got one in, they would be the team, and I felt like they were probably the better team. Mm-hmm. It's just 
they just didn't have things go their way, man. And um, sometimes that happens. And I know they're kicking themselves, beating themselves up on mistakes they made with mm-hmm. all the penalties. You know, you said they had three TDs taken off the board. Mm-hmm. That's that's just brutal. Twenty one points is just getting taken off the board by, you know, inflicted wounds, man. That's bad. And they just couldn't. They they got in the game. They were they were pretty much in the game early, in control. Then I think what the second third quarter went scoreless, and then there was a onslaught of points in the fourth quarter. They took the lead late, and then they basically let CCC go down the field on them late there and score the 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 game ceiling touchdown. They got the ball back with you know under a minute oh, and so just, could, just couldn't get it done man it's just like man it's just you know and I won't even attribute it to you know they had the big win against Trinity and they, they just weren't ready to play you know it felt like they were ready to play they just didn't get it done you know but that's just a tough loss man yeah so unbelievable how that game shook out Oral Gray had 348 all-purpose yards great final game for him you know, UC was clinging to a five-point lead with two minutes, 22 seconds left, and he was stopped on fourth and about two yards. He came up about two feet short. Had they get that, Clearwater Central's out of timeouts, ball game. Yeah. You, one, basically one yard separated UC from winning, but Clearwater Central stopped them. Actually, it was a fourth and three. He got two yards, uh, and again, Clearwater Central goes all the way, 80 yards um, just unbelievable in less than two minutes and put that winning point and winning touchdown on the board on a on a great touchdown throw and catch there. And they, UC dominated the game in terms of total offense, uh, but penalties, though, absolutely killed them. 19 for a buck 49. As I mentioned, they had a couple taken off the board due to penalty, including a, a good throw from Dwayne Stuckey to Genoa Alford that was waved off because of uh, offensive pass interference. And if you get that final yard, you're playing this week against Chaminade in that title game. How disappointing is it for a coach, you know, to get to the state semifinal doorstep and then not be able to take that step? You've been on the yeah, sideline no, that, for a few of those. That hurts. That hurts big time. You know, I've definitely been on the side to where you're getting ready to possibly be going to the state championship and you come up short, whether it be in the semifinal game or, you know, even when you're projected to win in mm-hmm. the first or second round and you should be beating the team and you end up losing – when you have a state title type team, it definitely burns and it'll it'll sit with you for a while. And you know you can say you know you get over it, but it's one of those things when you always go back and you you watch the film, you watch the tape, and you're just like, man, we did this wrong. We could have got right here. We we did that wrong. You know those just little small little mistakes here and there add up to you know monumental ones, and it ends up you know biting you a lot of times, and you just. You just basically are second guessing and playing Monday morning quarterback mm-hmm. and just, you know, wishing that things would have been different. Um, not to say the least, like it would have been a steep road to climb to beat a Chaminade team. That I feel like Are we Chaminade, talking are we talking like Merrill Road incline steep or are we talking <laughs> Mount Everest steep? Yeah, we're talking Mount Everest, baby. <laughs> I feel like Trinity or UC and CCC would have major trouble with Chaminade. So I feel like Chaminade would beat all three of those teams with no problem in my opinion and I think they're going to do that we're going to we're going to see that with Clearwater Central Catholic I think they I think they get blazed up I just mm-hmm. don't like they played well their quarterback played good against uh UC he was he was pretty um accurate he only missed like two passes and attempts and he threw for 200 yards but I just don't I just don't see enough from all three of those teams to this Chaminade team is just 
it's on another level, man. Yeah, I, mean, I, I talked to Verlin Dormany a couple times throughout the year, beginning of the year, throughout the year. And he's, again, same thing. I talked to David Penland III, UC's head coach, about Chaminade and the chances of, of beating them. Not only they're a bigger school than a UC and a Trinity, yeah. Yeah. Clearwater Central as well, bigger schools, um, but you're in that one, the two in classification. But they've got some horses, guys that we may see playing on Sundays. Definitely. Um, so I think that you need, if you're a UC, you need Orel Gray. You need about six Orel Grays yeah. in that that's, game. That's basically what they got. Yeah. They, they've got that. And so – They've got three receivers right now that I that will be playing on Saturdays in the next two years, and then they will be in the NFL in the next four to five years. I remember book it. St. Augustine in two thousand reached or two thousand one reached the the state championship game for the first time in a long, long time. Um, for Joey Wiles, it was his first championship game appearance there, and they played Rockledge. And for a half of that game, it was a very close game. I believe it was maybe six nothing St. Augustine at half, and the second half you show the depth. Rockledge was just so much better than St. Augustine. And I remember the writer asked Joey after the game about what was the discrepancy. And he said, we've got one Willie Cooper. They had 11 Willie Coopers. And that was, you know, to me, that's a, that's a statement that looks at a, like a Chaminade team um, against a Trinity or a, or a UC. I think Chaminade goes into that game against Clearwater Central. I think they beat them pretty handily. I think they would have done the same to Trinity. I think they would have done the same to UC. Yeah. Um, I think those games would be a little bit closer than, than what we're going to see uh, from Clearwater Central. I, UC dominated that game in terms of stats and everything else, just not on the scoreboard. Again, you outgain them nearly 2-1, to one, but you, your, your defense gives up an 80-yard yeah. touchdown drive at the up, end of the you game. You can't give up those 80-yard drive at the end, and you can't, have, you can't commit that many penalties. And, you know, like those two things, definitely when you need your defense to finally get that stop, that critical stop to say, hey, we're in the lead. We can close this thing out. we got to get a stop. Get this stop. Get the ball back. Ice the game. And you basically let them go 85 yards. That's tough. That's, that, that's uh, that brutal. Is, that is brutal. But so. just to put, to put things in perspective, too, I, I, I had to double check. Um, Shamanot's toughest game this season, I would probably say, is American Heritage Plantation, who's going to a state title, who just beat Bulls. Shamanot put 42 on them. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> and then they had a first game of the season. They played the team from D.C., St. John's. And I want to say they scored 30. I think they beat them like 35-7. I actually watched that film. That was one of the films I actually watched on, which was like week one. And I'm like, yeah, these dudes are legit. So. Yeah, I talked to David Penland about that game. And he said he'd watch tape on Chaminade and just could only exhale as you watch that tape, <laughs> how good that Chaminade is. So, Chaminade's going to gonna play for that 2M title against Clearwater Central. Um, as we march on through these recaps of last week, Class 3S, Lake Wales, 37, Columbia 7. Good season. Maybe overachieve a little bit. Maybe you underachieve a little bit. Depends on how you look at it for Columbia. Uh, but they were no match for the Highlanders in that game. I thought talent – I mean, I thought the, the level of competition, I thought Columbia played a tougher schedule. Lake Wales, my God, they absolutely mm. took a blowtorch to Columbia. Yeah. You beat them I, by 30. I was uh, a little bit surprised by that number because I – Again, didn't get really much eyes on Lake Wales. Knew they were undefeated. Knew they had a pretty good season. Knew they had good statistical stuff. You know, but I just felt like looking at some of the guys they played in that Central Florida, Tampa-ish area uh, of opponents, it just was like, okay, how good is Lake Wales? You know, they haven't been a perennial power down there in that Lakeland-style mm -hmm. area. So I'm thinking, you know, Columbia, that's our boys. You know, they've been playing hot. They've got all this potential that we see, and they just – Laid an egg big uh, time. I terrible, mean. terrible game. Mainland will play Lake Wales, so Daytona Beach Mainland, a little bit down the street from us. But 
a regional type yeah, team. So yeah. that's uh, nice to see Travis Rowland and company there getting back to a championship game. So mainland Lake Wales for that 3S title. Class 2S, Coco 31, Bradford 21. Not terribly surprised to see this. Blake Boda actually absolutely torched the, the Tornadoes. Great season for Jamie Rogers and Bradford. But you come up 10 points short to the Tigers. Not a not a huge surprise there. Yeah, no, this was the one where I thought Coco had too much, definitely on offense with Blake Boda and their running game. They Bradford did a great job on containing the ground game, but Blake threw for over 300 yards. You know, I told you about him last week, how mm-hmm. his numbers were just ridiculous on the season. So, you know, you had to figure he was going to kind of do what he's been doing. Just Bradford's biggest Achilles heel has been their offense. Like, they – They've lived on defense, which mm-hmm. is great because, I mean, when you're stopping teams, that's that's awesome. And they've been able to do yeah, it. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. You're, you're playing teams where you're shutting them out. You don't have to score as many points. And then sometimes your defense leads to offense. Sometimes your defense leads to short fields. It helps your offense out that's, you know, a little bit maybe challenged. You know, they don't have the traditional quarterback. They've got, you know, some great athletes. And I love I love what Bradford has. You know, what I think what hurt them too was – Manny Covey's injury, you know, he was he's he's like their the jack of all trades yeah. or big back. He can play receiver, you know, he can play a little bit of defense too. So I think losing him, you know, midway through the season was was tough. But they just couldn't generate enough offense, and they even made a valiant effort to even make it a ball game though. So I will give them major credit and kudos to to um, not laying over and rolling over and just you know saying, man, we ain't got a chance in this game. They they did make it. A game mm-hmm. late, but defense and just, special teams just, just really over, that. just overall, you know, Coco just Coco's Coco. They're always going to be good every year. Coco is is right there, no matter who the that quarterback be, to is. To me, to me, that might be the best state game. The Coco Florida, Florida High. That's a great matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good matchup. So our last one from last week, the carnage uh, was Union County going out to Brat Northview and losing. 21-11. Sponge, we thought this game could go Union County's way yeah, as well. I was, and I was talking trash, not. Northview. <laughs> no. Northview ain't nothing. like. And they, it, they apparently tuned in yeah, last week. They, and listened. they listened all the way from Pensacola. They said, you know what, all right. I thought it would be I, Union County Hawthorne. Yeah, I thought we were going to get a rematch of that earlier game in the season, which was a good game, seven-point game for Hawthorne to continue on their undefeated year. But, you know, just couldn't they couldn't generate any offense. Yep. They kind of got down and then never could get it tight to where it was, like, close, to where they had a shot. They were always yeah, – I think it was a, a touchdown game, and then – It got to 14-11 it, in the made, fourth quarter. Yeah, then they made it 21-11, and that was the final. But yep. it was just like, dang, can they get a stop and get a score? And they just couldn't do it. Could not do it. And, you know, Rayvon Durant, unbelievable at back for, for the Tigers. They somewhat contained him. Um, he is a big boy. Yeah. I was out in Lake Butler last week, had a chance to talk to him. He is a big guy for a Class 1R running back. So, yeah. the season for Andrew Thomas and company – he he done it at uh, Trenton before, um, got the Union County Tigers back to the state semifinals this year. Great season for them. But another one, as we say, comes up short. And Ware County, the only team in our News for Jacks coverage area, they beat Dutchtown 31-7 last week to get to the state championship game. They've got Warner Robins on Saturday, 3:30 in the 5A game. The Gators are 13-0. Was up at Ware County this week in Waycross. And talk to Jason Strickland, and uh, and the vibe is they've done a lot of good things. This is a unique year, a special year in Waycross, but can they get it done in that championship game, Sponge? Yeah, that's that's a big question. Warner Robins is always a big time program, right? So I have Atlanta. Um, I I like what Ware County's got. I I know one of their receivers tried to get him to play seven on seven, just a distance thing. Couldn't get him down here from Brunswick to or Ware County, you know that area to uh, Jacksonville. Uh, Jarvis Hayes, he's 
he makes big time plays for those guys. Um, rooting for rooting for somebody in our in our area to, to <laughs> somebody to get a chip. Somebody needs to get a, at least they're playing. You know, yeah, so. at least they're in the game, and man, it is a cool vibe. Where, where County always has every a good every year team. they're they, good. They, they are always good, man. They they play good football there. But it's been I believe ten years since they played in a title game. They're undefeated. Their defense is just a monster. Ninety points allowed all season. You know, of course, Warner Robins, Warner Robins. They are always in yeah. the championship game, no yep. matter what year it is. It seems like they have been in that championship game, that GHSA title game, for as long as I can remember. I think this is six in a row for them. So it will be a, a great test for the Weir County Gators to see if they can wrap up that unbeaten season. And one of the players I talked to yesterday said, "This feels like a movie that we're living in right now. We're undefeated. Let's do it then. The community just has rallied yeah. around us. They notice us." Without our helmets on, you know, they, they pay attention to us. They love us. We, they see us in restaurants. They come up and say hi to us. It just feels so good to be insulated by a community like this, to be enjoying the storybook season, and to get to play in the last game of the year with a shot at doing something that Ware County has never done, yeah. winning a state championship and having an undefeated year. Man, what a cool story no, if they it, can it get it done. It definitely is a cool, it's, it's a cool story, and Ware County is a cool place. What's, what's funny about Ware County is every year – we would always go before the season at Trinity. Uh, Coach Dormany's dad has a uh, like a farm compound. He's up. He, the Dormanys are up. Yeah, the Dormany names and, are up there. Yeah. So so like uh, we would go to Camp Okefenokee for like it would literally be like the day, the first day we could start hitting. So you would you would do like your first two or three days at the school, you know, in just shells, helmets, or whatever, and then we would trek up to Camp Okefenokee, and you literally pass. Ware County High School on the journey to your like it's probably about 15 minutes away from there and so like I know Gus and I we've we rode back over there just because we wanted to check out the school and you know check out the stadium and it's, it's a pretty cool stadium big stadium and it's like it's that small town vibe so it always you know like the like the kid said living in a movie you know your 13 and 0 storybook season you know you got the community behind you you got you you know rallying behind you and I'm sure they'll make the, the trek up to the A to, to root them on. So hopefully uh, the Gators can, can win it, baby. Hopefully they can and give our area salvage some some <laughs> respect this season. So before we turn the page to some talking about some coaching news, okay, state championship matchups here in Florida. Let's go through the list, Bunge, and right. see how many of these we, we can actually nail. Popka versus Columbus in Class 4M. Who do you like there? I like the Columbus boys from I, the Miami. Yeah. I, they just I, I looked I looked at their schedule. They played a lot of the top teams from Miami this year, and they were pretty pretty dang good. Apopka's always good. Mm-hmm. We've seen Apopka. They're always in the state championship. They're always in the Final Four. Um, you know, but Apopka sometimes, you know, they, they're kind of limited. But I just I like what Columbus has uh, done so far this season. I know Rick Darlington's not at Apopka anymore, but still I, I love watching Apopka football when he was there. That yeah. single wing, and I tough. remember – them coming up and playing First Coast a couple times and just running through First Coast, yeah. as good as First Coast was. DeAndre Johnson's last game came against Apopka in the regional finals. Undefeated First Coast. DeAndre threw seven touchdown passes in that game and lost 64-48 to yeah. against Apopka. You could not stop that offense. I know different time, different era, different coach, different players, but Apopka, always one of my favorite teams to watch. But I do uh, go with you, and I think Columbus wins that game. 3M title game, Homestead versus Aquinas. Uh, is there any question? No. no. I, Thomas, I don't think there's a question. St. Thomas Aquinas, baby. In the Aquinas blowout. all yeah. the way, all the way in that one. Uh, Class 2M, American Heritage Plantation, Miami Central. 
Who you got? Who you got? You got it, Miami Central all yeah, the way. Okay, so make sure. That's make not it. a question either. I mean, yeah, there's I, I, no. I think here, here's the deal. I think Central is the better team for sure, but Plantation can give you problems. But I just don't know. Miami Central is just loaded this year, and, yeah, I, and they've been on another level. Now, granted, they had they had a really tough matchup in round two versus Northwestern, who's one of their rivals. And Northwestern got hot early in that game and kind of gave them a little bit of a shock to the system, like oh. Because they played early in the year, too. They're one of those matchups where you play in the regular season, nine times out of ten you're going to play them in the playoffs. So I think Northwestern gave them a little – not like a scare, but they gave them a little shock to the system, like, all right. And then I think they ended up winning by two or three touchdowns. So I, 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 I can't see Miami Central losing. Nah, I really can't either. And not not, not even close. Can you imagine if it was Bowles versus Central? I know. Oof. How, how – Yeah. I, I think – It was crazy. Again, this is what everybody talked about, um, you know, complaining about the – playoff format and you know how things shake out and you know a lot of times sometimes you don't get those matchups what's crazy is I guess this year it shows like how South Florida football is king yeah always has been it always will be really Uh, we definitely got to turn the page on that and represent better because normally these two teams would have already played Mm -hmm. and knocked each other out and Bowles would have got in you know and then Bowles would be playing either Central or Plantation and that's where they get embarrassed again, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Or, or sometimes they get the win. But, I mean, they had tough bouts with Cardinal Gibbons, and we had tough goes with, like I say, Chaminade. And, and it's just South Florida football is It's tough. different. It's, it's tough. different. And, you know, we'll talk about this at a, on a later yeah, yeah, podcast sure. as far as Suburban Metro. This is the first year. Did it work? Right. That, what, yeah, that'll, that'll be kind of towards our year end of the podcast um, with Varsity. But, you know, you look at the same teams. Are the same teams in there? Does that mean Suburban Metro is not working? No, it does no. not mean that. It just right. means these teams it, that are in here are darn good teams. They're always elite. They're always going to – that's the thing. It, the, no matter where you shake up the divisions, the regions, the classifications, the teams who are always good, the powerhouses who are built in, they're going to be there every, every year. Every year. And, like, it, nothing's going to change. You're always going to have – up here, we're always going to have Bowles, Trinity, UC, mm-hmm. you know, Reigns. You know, we got to get some more in that mix because what is it always down south? It's always Central, St. Thomas, uh, Plantation, you know, Columbus. Mm-hmm. Those guys are always in the Final Four. They're always in the state championship game. The same teams always win. So, until you can knock them off, then or you can't switch it around because they're always going to be there. Right. They're going to find a way to get in that game. You know, and Baker County last year played Central. Yeah. So, you know, they were good for a half. And, again, I think that's what you're going to see in these games where it's, you know, yeah, you could stay with the team for the quarter and a half to a half. But, you know, you look at the Baker County-Miami start, Central game that second flexing, half, it, flexing it their muscle, man. just was not. So, you know, I, I we can expand on this later. But yeah, yeah. I do think Suburban Metro has, has a lot of positives. But, again, you're, you're looking at title games the same well-known names, and there's nothing you could do about that besides saying, A, you can't play in them, or B, beating them. Yeah. So I I don't think this is, um, you know, an indictment that the system doesn't work. I just think that it shows how good these teams are time and again. So, yeah, I'm with you, Miami Central over Heritage uh, in that Class 2M. Class 1M, Clearwater Central versus yeah. Chaminade. I don't uh, – We talked about this one already. I, I don't think that's even a contest. No. I think that's a running clock game. Uh, 1R. 
Northview versus Hawthorne. I think Hawthorne. Come on, let's go Hawthorne. I, after, they're, they're, they're in our area. <laughs> after after we disrespected yeah, Northview last no, week, let's spank them. I think uh, <laughs> I think I, I'm not going to pick Northview. I think Hawthorne. Yeah, great Hawthorne, season for Northview. Hawthorne, Hawthorne's been probably the, one of the most consistent rural teams this whole season, and they've been pretty good. So missed I, a title last yeah, year. Definitely. So this they, year they won it. Is uh, they beat Matt? Lost to Madison County in an epic game last year. I think it was 15 to 14. Just a great back and forth game. This year is Hawthorne's year. I don't think Northview has enough to get over that hump. Was hoping to see Union Hawthorne in a mm-hmm. rematch of a 28-21 regular season game, but did not come to pass. Class 4S, Suburban, Venice versus Lakeland. Great matchup there. Who do you like in that one? I'm going with Lakeland, the Dreadnoughts. I'll take, I, I'm going to take Venice. Okay, I, I like Venice. They've, they've, they're always a great team, too. You know, they came up and played Trinity a couple seasons ago. We went lost in overtime, like 51-50 to 50 or something. Um, Venice – who did they beat? Uh, they beat Bartram, right? Is that the they team? beat? They beat Bartram in twenty seventeen. Yeah, that was Gatewood's year. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, Venice is always a really good team. Um, I like Lakeland though. They got a lot of studs. I think that. I think you know we talked about the other matchup that we, I thought was good with Florida High and Coco. This probably on paper might be the best game. That's a great matchup. You know? Venice last week edged Buholtz. I think it was forty two thirty five in a classic. Uh, so great one there. I'm taking Venice. Sponge's got yeah, Lakeland. We finally got one different here. So finally a different right, one. So uh, let's see. Class 3S, Daytona Beach Mainland versus Lake Wales. See our regional guys at Mainland, uh, Travis Rowland coaching down there. A big one last week um, to get to that state championship game. So good luck to the Bucks down there. They're playing Lake Wales, 14-0 Highlanders. Absolutely crushed Columbia. What do you think of that game? I'm going Lake Wales. I I've got to go Lake Wales too. After <laughs> I counted, uh, I didn't know know too much about them, but they, they uh, showed me that they could after, smash Columbia. After so. another disrespectful pick from yeah, us last week, we're sure. trying to right the wrongs to our. Uh, I think Mainland Mainland's had a good year. I just looking at Lake Wales now, looking more in depth at some of their statistics. Ridiculous. Um, yeah. Ridiculous. I think, I, Mainland, I think they're they they live on defense. But I feel like Lake Wales can score, so I just I think Lake Wales will score. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, Lake Wales, a believer last week after beating Columbia by 30. Class 2S, Coco versus Florida High. I think this is again besides Venice Lakeland. I think this is a great matchup. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Coco in this one. Hey, hey, we're staying the same. I got. I, it's it's hard to bet a team against a team that has a great offense like them, and they always carry a defense as well. But Coco offensively with their balance and their big pass playability. Don't get me Florida High has been really good the last two years, but I think Coco's got too much. I like Coco as well now, even though Florida High is undefeated. Um, I do like Coco in that one as well as you, Sponge, and Class 1S, our last one. Trinity Catholic, First Baptist Naples. I got to go with Trinity Catholic. I'm going, yeah, I'm going to go with Trinity Catholic too. They're, they're, so. they're the name brand team. We played them a lot. They usually always play good football, so. John Brantley and yeah, the Celtics they, are uh, getting our pick here. Yeah, for sure. So we only got one different here. One different, yeah. The right. the four S. Let's go Lakeland. <laughs> <laughs> Lakeland Venice is the only one Sponge and I differ on. So those games actually start uh, a few hours from now. So we have games this week and next week. So games December eighth, December 9th, and December tenth in Tallahassee, and the next week December 15, 16, and seventeen. In Fort Lauderdale, Drive Pink Stadium. So, Sponge, that's uh, that caps us up through through the actual games. Let's talk a little bit about coaching. Some big coaching moves this this week, and actually, in the last uh, the last month, we've had quite a few um, coaches step down. Daryl Sutherland at Bartram Trail last week, actually, just a little bit before state semifinal games, 
He actually called it a career. 23 seasons at Bartram Trail. He's hanging them up at Bartram Trail. Surprised to see that news? I was I was a little surprised by it. I mean, I know he's been coaching a long time. Um, I don't know Coach Sutherland in depthly like that. Just know if like you know he was just you know just wanted to just take a little time. Just you know he's been grinding for so long. Like coaching is is tough, man. Mm-hmm. It's like you know people think it's oh you just coach high school football. It's fun and all games. Like no, when you when you really run a program like he's run for twenty plus years. You know, it's a daily just grind. And so maybe he just wants to take a little time off. Maybe he wants to get into coaching again. I don't, you know, I don't know the details, but I feel like he's done a heck of a job out there and he's Bartram Trail. He, he is who Bartram Trail is. You right. Know? Just go ahead and name the stadium after him or something, you know, and just, you know, Donald Sutherland the field or whatever it is. But yeah, I was a little surprised by the news because, I mean, I figured he just would just keep on coaching, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, had, I met Daryl when he came here in 2000. Um, before the schools, I mean, their first year they played games at Nice. They didn't have the field ready. Um, and, and just what he – Daryl's the same guy he was in 2000 as he is when I met with him last week. I mean, he is very, very uh, strong in his faith, very complimentary of a, of a human being just to, to players and teachers and people in the area. We've done coach surveys the last two years. He has been voted the best coach in the area by his peers. Mm-hmm. That says a lot of respect when you're – you know, usually coaches are there's infighting, or you right. recruit, or you do this, or you do that. And there's kind of disparaging words, and they're, they're just not. And with Daryl Sutherland, I think you could ask any coach in the area, public school, private school, and they would say the same thing about Daryl. He's as genuine as he as he seems. He is. He is. There's no issues with Daryl. He does things the right way, and you know, to win 182 games. Uh, in one place, missed the playoffs three times in 23 years um, at a public school in our area. Pretty darn impressive. Never a state championship. He played in five state semifinal games, I believe. Um, state runner-up in 2017. And, you know, you look at Marty Lee could be retiring after this year. He's been in the system 26 years or so. Chuck Dickinson at Keystone Heights retired after 24 seasons uh, with the Indians. So if you look at those three guys, you know, and if Marty does end up calling it a career – I mean that's that's coming up on what ninety years yeah, of coaching in our area. Close to three decades that beat, yeah. that that are walking out the door. So for a big coaching loss for our area. Another one, Coach Christopher Foy at Jackson. He resigned last night on Wednesday night. He um he said thanks and uh, he, he accomplished what he wanted to at Jackson. He was nineteen and twelve, I believe, um, in his time at Jackson. And you know we've been on the Jackson bandwagon for the last couple of years, Sponge. Just mm-hmm. what they have done. And talk about a turnaround. Yeah, he's been the resurgence. Talk that, about a turnaround there. Yeah, he's been the resurgence of that flip. You know, Jackson Jackson used to always be, you know, under Coach Sullivan was, you know, a powerhouse and, you know, always that that north side team that mm-hmm. everybody wanted to play for. And then it kind of shifted to, like, Reigns and Reball, first coast. And, you know, Jackson kind of took took it on the chin for several years and just wasn't Many years. Just not very good, not competitive. It was almost like a joke, you know, sad. And, you know, but – I'm glad that, you know, he revived the pride on Main Street and got the Jackson Tigers back balling again. So hopefully whoever takes over for him can continue the upward trajectory that he had going on. So, you know, because it's when Jackson's good, it's good. You know, you, mm-hmm. want, you want Jackson to be good in the city for sure. So um, kudos to Coach Foy for, you know, getting it done and, and you know, hopefully uh, 
whatever he's doing next will be awesome too. I think we're gonna. I think that retirement will be brief, short lived. Short lived. I I think he's got something else in the works, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that at another time. But I do think Christopher Foy, great job. I mean, got an All American Grayson Howard coming. You know, coming through that program and just a complete. I mean, they were a number one seed in the in the postseason this year. So I know the season did not end like they wanted to. Yeah. You lose back to back games, including a, the playoff opener, but. Just the body of work. I mean, you were a homecoming game every year, basically. After Kevin Solman left in 2009, Quinn Gray took over in 2010. They were five and six, and 2011 onward, yeah. you're a homecoming game. It was bad. And it was bad. To rebuild a program, to restore that pride at his alma mater. Great job by Christopher Foy, and uh, hopefully he gets a little break before his next uh, his next job that he takes off at. So that is it for another edition of the Varsity Podcast. Are right, we gonna have better news this week? With our state semifinal, uh, call it Black Friday, uh, part two, but a real Black Friday. For Justin Barney, Sponge Franklin, we will talk to you next week. Talk a little bit about the best players in the area we saw this year as we continue our trek towards the holiday season on the Varsity Podcast. For Sponge Franklin, Justin Barney, thanks for joining us. (laughs) 